So the subject I'm real interested in is Hispanic voters. And if you know, if you follow politics like a sport, which is basically how I do it, you know, it's like the Lakers versus the Celtics, except it's the Democrats versus the Republicans. Um, Hispanic voters are going to be critical. And they're interesting. They're more interesting than you think, and they are going to be critical in a lot of politics going forward. And have already been critical in some in the past. So I'm listening to NPR's Left, Right, and Center. Kelly Goff is the guest host, and she's talking to Geraldo Cadava, who is apparently a Hispanic voter expert. I gotta say, so Left, Right, and Center is NPR, and then there's a show called NPR Politics, which is obviously NPR. And those were maybe my two favorite NPR shows, at least that had anything to do, uh, just, they were my favorite NPR shows. And they were always good. NPR Politics, for instance, was not woke at all. Um, and then both shows got broken when George Floyd died uh, and became crazy woke. But it seems like they're both coming back around, so it's sweet. I can go, you know, some of my some of my favorite podcasts that are just... I thought we're dead forever. Like, they're going whole episodes with only saying the word race, I don't know, 17 times instead of 94 times. And that's my cutoff. I will not listen to any podcast that says the word race 18 times or more. So, I think the previous theory on Hispanic voters was that they were like black voters. Basically, they would vote for the Democrats... You know, it doesn't matter. Like, I guess Nancy Pelosi once said, uh, have you ever heard of AOC? Well, hopefully you heard of AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's a famous house rep. Anyways, Nancy Pelosi once said that a Democrat, sorry, yes, a cup of water running as a de- Democrat could win her district or AOC's district. And so that's basically how black voters are with Democrats. Like, black voters, they don't get anything that they want because they're taken for granted. And the reason why they're taken for granted is because they always vote the same way no matter what happens. You know, therefore, they should be taken for granted. If you want to throw them a bone, you can, but you don't have to. Anyways, there was this, there was some thinking, I think especially when, uh, what, when George W. Bush almost lost that first election, Actually, that ain't right. There was some thinking when, who, Mitt Romney lost. That, oh my gosh, the Hispanics don't like the Republicans. And the Republicans are like, what are we going to do? And what they did was, they did absolutely nothing. But Hispanics are starting to vote more for Republicans. And in particular, they voted a lot more for Trump the second time than the first time. So that's making everyone real interested in what's going on here because it looked like, you know, if you get all the Hispanics and all the blacks and all the woke white piece of craps on your side, then you've got a majority that cannot be messed with. You can do whatever you want. But like I say, the Hispanics didn't play ball the way that people had assumed they would. I mean, you know, it's pretty racist, really. Basically, the people on the left were like, oh, Hispanics, they're not white, therefore they're the same as blacks, you know, they're the same as blacks. We know what to do with blacks, which is take their vote for granted, so we'll just do the same thing with Hispanics. And now they're starting to wake up and go, hmm. Like, sometimes they'll say this about 
black people and be like, oh, black people are not a monolith. They got a lot of different opinions. But as far as voting goes, they are a monolith. But so people say that about Hispanics and they don't mean it. But in fact, Hispanics are not a monolith. They are not all the same. And so people, you know, who go a little bit more in depth to it, they'll say, oh, well, okay, I know that like Mexicans and Puerto Ricans and Cubans are different. And that's pretty much as far as people will go. But in fact, that is not necessarily the correct way to uh, break this stuff down at all. So I don't, you don't hear about Puerto Ricans anymore. Like, you know, in the 70s and 80s, you'd always hear about Puerto Ricans in New York. If you re read comic books, like Spider-Man would always be, what, in the Bronx, I guess, with the Puerto Ricans? Anyways, you don't hear about them much anymore. Maybe there ain't, probably ain't that many of them in comparison to all the immigrant immigration since then. But I believe Puerto Ricans in New York vote Democrat, don't quote me on that, and can be taken for granted. Um, Cubans in Florida, they vote Republican, but I don't think they can be taken for granted. You know, they'll vote for Obama and then flip over and vote for Trump. Uh, you never know with them. A little bit of a wild card. And then Mexican-Americans, um, you know, like there's Mexican-Americans or whatever. Hell, they're just Americans. There's Americans that are kind of like Mexican-Americans who live in Texas. And like they were living in Texas before Texas was a state. I mean, they're more American than I am. Half of my family moved to America like around 1900 or something. Uh, you know, they got generation after generation of being in what is now America. I guess whatever. They didn't cross the border, the border crossed them. But anyway, so you got old school, super old school, just normal Americans, although you might call them, well, you call them Hispanic, I guess. Because uh, generations ago they spoke Spanish. And then you got more recent immigrants in Texas. So, you know, those people are not the same. And a similar thing in California. Now, maybe they haven't been there for 250 years or whatever, but uh, there's a lot of Mexican-American families in California that have been there for a long, long time. And I guess a lot of them are in the Central Valley. That's where all the agriculture is. And so they're not the same as, like, Mexican-Americans in the big city. And so I think that's the first thing to say is that rural versus urban just like that splits white people very nicely down the center, sounds like it splits, splits Hispanics similarly. And the next thing is age. Sounds like it does the same stuff, like, whatever. If you, you know, if the parents immigrated here and worked hard and whatever, lived the American dream, and now their kid is, uh, you know, 20 years old and going to UCLA, well, I mean, that kid is... Unfortunately, that kid's not special. They didn't learn anything from their parents. UCLA is turning them as woke as woke can be, just like any other person going to the universities today. All right, this some of this stuff, I'm going off the rails a little bit here. This is not what the guy is saying. This is me adding on stuff. He's just talking about each group of Hispanics, and I'm throwing in anti-woke crap. And Kelly Goff jumps in. She's black. She jumps in and mentions that... Um, so African Americans can be taken for granted, but in fact, you know, black people cannot always be taken for granted as voting for Democrats, because immigrants from Africa, they're conservative, you know, on average. Although I think the same thing happens to their kids at college. Like, I've heard stories, you know, it's like, 
your dad's a Nigerian doctor who moved here and is conservative, and you're out there, uh, whatever, breaking windows in support of Black Lives Matter. Or maybe not breaking windows, probably attacking the police. You're a little higher quality of rioter. Alright, so, there's a famous thing that happened in the 2020 election where Hispanics in the Rio Grande Valley, those are the people I'm talking about who been here longer than you and your family unless you're real blue blood there was like some very shocking numbers uh out of there where they voted for like hillary like crazy and then they voted for trump like crazy four years later you know really being a whatever that was the biggest wake-up call to the democrats that they may not be able to take whatever they may not be able to take them for granted i guess i'll just keep saying take them for granted so Kelly asks the expert, what's going on there? And he says, basically, there was, there was two realities in America. So, you know, if you're a white person getting lied to by the media, I mean, he doesn't say the word lie, but he basically says this. If you're a white person, you know, listening to the media, and the media is like, oh, Donald Trump's a racist, and Mexicans are rapists, and whatever, you're probably like, oh, wow, Mexicans ain't going to like him. But in fact, Trump, the whole time, apparently the whole time, like even when he was president, every single, just the whole time, who knows, probably right now as we speak, he was uh, being ni nice to Hispanics. He's probably doing it in Spanish or something. I don't know, whatever. He's probably being nice to Hispanics. And of course, the media isn't going to re report on that. They're just going to make up some lies about how he's a racist. So long story short... The people in the, the, the Hispanics in the Rio Grande Valley, they did not get taken in by the lies of the mainstream, the corporate media. Uh, I guess they got taken in by, I don't know, is it the truth of the Trump administration? And I will say, I've watched like videos of basically people who live on the border, you know, like Hispanic people who live on the border. And like I say, have been here for 12 generations and they're not happy when... People are like running through their yard, you know, strangers are running through their yard, you know, taking a dump underneath one of their trees. So, you know, if you think those people love Im illegal immigration, you got another, another think coming. So how did Trump show that he cared about Hispanics and he wanted their vote? Well, apparently one of the things he did is every year he'd give a speech at the Hispanic Business Organization um, conferences. And he pushed a message of jobs, low taxes, and home ownership that apparently they liked. And all that later got swamped by COVID, but that was what he's doing, apparently, for all four years. And he was also pushing a message of charter schools, which apparently Hispanics are, lar are, are seriously in favor of. And the funny thing about that is that black people are seriously in favor of that, um... You know, charter schools is that interesting thing where systemic racism doesn't exist unless you want to say the teachers' unions who don't let charter schools to happen are systemically racist, even though they're the wokest people on the planet. But anyways, I guess black people can be taken for granted when it comes to charter schools. Basically, they can be ignored. And uh sounds like Hispanics, they may get what they want. You know, if you're a swing voter, a swing voter is probably worth... 10 or 20 normal voters. Normal voters? Who cares? They always vote the same way. And the other thing the Trump administration did was they were 
you know, trying to be real good friends with evangelical churches where Hispanics go. Maybe we'll get some stats on this later, but yeah, there's, you know, in South America, they're all Catholics, but Catholics in America, I mean, hell, they're not too far away from being atheists at this point. So if you want to be religious in America, you want to be an evangelical. And so, yeah, there's a decent number of Hispanics who are evangelical. I guess blacks are Baptist? It's like, why haven't they switched? Because they're real religious. I guess there's a couple ways to be religious. You can be a black, back, black Baptist, or you can be a white or Hispanic evangelical. Or you can be a person who's going to hell. I will say, talking about uh, taking for granted, I think evangelicals, that's another group that's taking for granted. They're, they're voting Republican. They're not changing. You don't really have to do what they want. Although, they may be about to get their... Roe v. Wade overturn that they've been looking for, so... I don't know. Sometimes you're taking for granted, and you get what you want. Maybe. So Kelly's talking about stereotypes of minority conservatives. Black ones in this case. So whenever someone, like, brings up stereotypes, um, my ears perk up. You know, supposedly white people love mayonnaise. I don't know if it's true about other white people, but I frickin' love mayonnaise. A lot of stereotypes are true. I hate to say it, but maybe most are. So when someone brings up a stereotype and they're going to debunk it, I'm like, huh, maybe that's real. Anyway, so the one that she brings up, is, you know, this is not a stereotype in my mind, but maybe it will be now, is she says the stereotype of black, whatever, church-going people is that they're homophobic. And I think, I mean, I guess I heard this. I think they were against gay marriage back when that was still on the table. But anyways, apparently, so let's just say that's true. Apparently, you know, black Christians who were homophobic were also pro-charter schools. Which is funny, right? That, these are the two things that the Democratic Party is absolutely against. The reason why the Democratic Party is against charter schools is because the teachers' union and unions uh, are the largest donors to the Democrats. I mean, I don't think any politician actually does what they think is right. They just they do what they need to do to get money to get reelected, because power is addictive. Apparently, better than drugs, and you can be a you can be a politician and do drugs, and then you got the best of all the worlds. Darn, they got to the real. The real thing that I want to know about. The most interesting thing. The thing that's counterintuitive. And then they were woke about it and didn't didn't give any stats and didn't say the answer. But the question is, how do Hispanics feel about immigration? So the one thing that was said that is interesting is that Hispanics along the border are against immigration. Apparently the further you get into the into America, the more you like it. If you're along the border, you're not so happy about it. And I don't think, you know, this is not just like, you know, people who actually live on the border and have people walking across their lawn in the middle of the night when they got a six-year-old asleep. It's just basically, that's where the people who don't like immigration are. I guess the closer you get to the immigrants, the less you like them. Plus, you know, if you're a Mexican-American... The immigrants coming over, Mexican-Americans haven't been coming to America for like 10 years or something, maybe longer. Uh, 
They're people from the Southern Triangle, like Guatemala and Nicaragua. And lately, they're Haitians. But anyway, so the expert. He doesn't give any stats, but um, he breaks down. He, do, he does say, like, you know, <laughs> he didn't want to say it. He was going to move on. And then Kelly Goff uh, asked him another question. They were both about to move on, but then they, they talked about a little bit more. Give you a little bit more than zero information. A little bit more than nothing but lies. Because what he said was, yeah, they're like, well, how do, how do Hispanics feel about immigration? And he said, well, immigration activists, I had to think for a second there, immigration activists are not happy with Biden. Like, he's doing similar stuff to Trump. And he's like, you know, oh, like, you know, the, the videos of people on the border are terrible and blah, blah, blah. But basically, this all of that was how do immigration activists feel? So immigration activists, this is probably, you know, is there anyone more woke than an elementary school teacher? The answer is yes. I mean, they're going to be hard to find, but it's an immigration activist. I mean, they don't represent anything other than the wokest of the woke. So that was his answer. But then, luckily for, luckily for us anti-wokers, they did keep going a little bit longer. And the question is, why... <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't say, why did I just do a diversion there and talk about something that doesn't matter? Well, that's what he should have said. He's like, here's why I just told you something that doesn't matter. Anyways, the reason why is because if Hispanics cannot be lumped together as people who support immigration, then the Democratic Party has a real big problem. You know, like, no one talks about it. But black people, I mean, luckily for immigration activists, I guess, black people can be totally taken for granted because they're totally against immigration. You know, black replacement theory is what immigrants do. So if now Hispanics, who are, you know, who are the most recent immigrants, if they don't agree on immigration or, heaven forbid, you know, they end up being over 50% against immigration... Well, first off, it means Democrats are losing, you know, they're probably going to lose some votes. They're going to lose a lot of votes. In fact, they will lose a lot of votes because Hispanics are willing to be swing voters. And it takes away their moral authority. Like right now, you know, the people who, the people who love immigration are rich, white, college-educated, edu urban voters. And, you know, and they just, they're, they're always glomming on to uh, black people's moral authority and Hispanic people's moral authority, like... You know, because otherwise, who the hell would listen to this person? You know, white privilege doesn't exist, but privilege itself exists, and these people have every single part, all of them, all, you know, rich. The first privilege is being rich. The second one is college-educated. They got all the privileges, even though white isn't one of them. And so, you know, everyone loves power. They love being in control. They love their ideas controlling America. And the way that they can do that is they get moral authority. It's like, why do we have to listen to you? They're like, oh, because I'm speaking up for the marginalized black person. I'm speaking up for the marginalized Hispanic person. And if it turns out that, which I think this is the truth, like this is the truth, you are speaking up for them in a way that is the opposite of what they want. So that would just take, I mean, that would just decimate those suckers. It's like defund the police. You know, there's rich white kids. They're like, defund the police. And people are like, well, why should we listen to you when you say that? And they're like, because black people are behind me. And they want the police defunded.
And you're like, well, you know, they've done polls of black people, and they don't want that. They don't want the police defunded. And then the woke white kids are like, yeah, but the media says that they do. And if they don't, the media, you know, hides that. So therefore, I have black people behind me, and let's defund the police. And well, to finish off this interview, she, you know, so like I said, she's black, and so her and her black friends thought that there would be a Hispanic president before there was a black president. Obviously, Obama got in there. He's not African-American. He's, I mean, whatever. His Americanness comes from his white mom, if he's African-American. He's not a descendant of slaves. There we go. He's not a descendant of American slaves. So he's not like your normal, what you think of as African-American. But anyways, Obama obviously got in there before any Hispanic person did. And I think the reason why people thought, you know, that black people thought a Hispanic would get in there before a black person is because, you know, they believe the false narrative that America is racist. Uh, I mean, certainly in the last 20 years, I would say. I mean, I don't know what's going on in Alabama in 2000, but they're probably not racist there either. Anyways, I guess it was a shock to everyone. Everyone was like, America's racist as hell. And then America was, you know, America isn't, and so it elected a black person. But when will a Hispanic person get in there? Like, they're not doing that great as far as politicians go, I would say. And there's a lot of people in the House of Reps and a few Senate, you know, especially the House of Representatives. There's black people who have been in there since, I don't know, the 60s. I mean, they're like getting so old, they're going to die before they leave. Okay, this is interesting. So I guess I'll say I have no idea when a Hispanic person is going to be president. But if the Republicans are able to get a Hispanic person in there, as president, obviously they're going to have to win. They have to be nominate, win the nomination and win the presidency. Boy, if the Republicans can do that, I bet they got Hispanics voting for them for 20 years after that. It's kind of a big gold ring just sitting out there for either party to grab. Maybe. I mean, if the Democrats do it, I don't think it helps them. They already have a somewhat good-sized majority of Hispanics voting for them. But uh, it could flip everything if the Republicans do it. Unfortunately, they got like Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush is married to a Mexican woman. I haven't heard of no good Hispanic Republicans. But hell, I don't even support Republicans. But anyways, if if I supported Republicans, then that's what they would need to do. I don't support Democrats either. Screw them both. Alright, trying to get this podcast over. Uh, Republicans win 30 to 40% of Hispanic votes currently. Obviously, if you get less than half, unless you get it in the right state, like Florida and Texas and California, um, whatever. You ain't going to be president. You're not going to win elections. So, basically, we'll just have to wait and see if Hispanics start voting Republican or start ro- voting Republican in critical states or or if they don't or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't know. You don't know. No one knows, and if someone says they know, they're lying. But the thing I'll kind of say about the future is that, so, like, Mexican immigrants, they really started moving here in about 1970. So that's 50 years ago. I mean, if they moved here when they were 20, they're going to be 70 years old. I mean, they're going to be grandparents. So the difference between someone who's crossing the border illegally today is not like your, it's probably nothing, absolutely nothing, like your average Hispanic in America. Whatever the average Hispanic America in America is, 
you know, I don't know what their age is. It's probably 40 years old. Well, no, they're actually younger than black people. Anyways, whatever the average is, it's probably not the same. Let's see. Whites are 48 on average. Blacks are 38 on average. Eh, Hispanics are probably 30 or something on average. Anyways, and not all Hispanics can vote. Whatever. If you just cross the border, you can't vote. So we'll just have to see what happens. And I think that people... Basically, America America knows what a minority is as far as black people go. And I think, you know, America's had that... You know, the history books. You know, when I went to grade school in 1980 or whatever, the history books, I think, had uh, black people in there. You know, there was white people and there's black people, and that was history. And uh, no one knows what's going on with Hispanics, and we're just going to... We're going to find out the easy way or possibly the hard way.